Welcome to Firefox News Online, the world's number one internet radio and internet video broadcast. The rules apply. No personal attacks, threats, or hate speech will be tolerated in the chat room at any time. If you commit to these acts, you will be removed from the chat room and your chat will be deleted. Also, if we're using a phone line, the same rules apply. This is a roundtable discussion broadcast, so please, no cross-talking during the broadcast. And finally, the use of media materials is protected by the Fair Use Clause of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, which allows for the rebroadcast of copyrighted materials for the purposes of commentary, criticism, education, and news reporting. Firefox News Online Productions and the News Division adhere to the criteria of the Fair Use Clause 100% across the board. The views and opinions that will be expressed in this broadcast are that of myself and those who join me, and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of anyone else or this broadcasting service. And now, it's time for Firefox News Online. to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Good evening and welcome to Firefox News Online. I'm George Sinzer, and as you just heard, it's time for Talking Points, which I am doing live. I rarely do that because I usually need more time to, behind the scenes, finish setting things up. But, uh, well, you know, it's not going to happen that way. So here we go. 
Don Lemon of CNN, the ever-present lemonhead fuck-up, screw-up network that he works for. Well, this time Lemon put his foot in his mouth, and hopefully it lands him in huge fucking trouble. Because when you make comments like he made, oh, baby, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but somebody needs to snap him back a good one and tell him, sit down, little boy. Your words, you should not. You, 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 nope, shouldn't have done it. Yeah, well. Oh. Uh, let's just say when he opened mouth, he inserted foot. Okay? Seriously, he opened mouth and inserted foot. And when you open mouth and insert foot, trust me, you don't want to say something that's going to be like, uh, how can I put this? The kind of thing that the Secret Service will go, you don't want that. Because honestly, He claims to be a journalist, but the only thing he is is a moron. Now, what am I referring to? Hmm, let me see. I will pull that up right now in front of my face because I don't want to misquote it. Now, this was reported by Breitbart. So now I'm going to... Open that up, and yes, according to Nolte over at Breitbart, CNN's Don Lemon says we're going to have to blow up the entire system. And that can be taken a whole shitload of ways. It can be taken a myriad of ways. Only uh, I don't think the Secret Service has too many ways that they will take it. Except one, maybe. And that leads to knocking at your door, baby. Knocking at your door. Knocking at your door. Knocking at your door is the Secret Service. Should have happened to Kathy Griffin, but eh, you know what they say. Like Forrest Gump would say. I'll put it like that. Stupid is as stupid does. Yes, we know. It's a terrible thing when you're working for the confused news network, the constipated news network. You get the idea, folks? Do I need to go into the whole CNN acronym here? (laughs) But to sit there and blindly say something Monday night, and this got... This this is... God, he he shouldn't have a job. We're going to have to blow up the entire system. Oh, please. And he says this, and Fredo Cuomo, brother of the governor of New York State, Andrew 
the slime ball, Cuomo. I don't know about that. That was his response to it. I don't know about that. Well, dumbass, if you don't know, then maybe you ought to tell your tell your buddy, your pal, your friend over there at CNN, Mr. Don Lemonhead. Uh, so, Don, maybe next time you should, uh, you know, like, uh, um, uh, maybe not say something like that. It could get you in big trouble. But no, Mm-mm. that's not going to happen, of course, folks. We know that. It's, uh, it's a foregone conclusion that Don the Lemonhead and Chris Fredo, well, let's just say there are some people that just don't get it. And, well... We get it, don't we, folks? Mm. I'm telling you. But it seems to me like if you're going to say something that stupid, I hope you have all your I hope you have all of your affairs in order, uh, preparing for the day when you get that knock at the door. Knock at the door. And that knock at the door, baby, is going to be the one that says, Don Lennon, Secret Service, would like to ask you a few questions. And if they're not satisfied with the answers, on go them silver bracelets, boys. <laughs> I'm telling you, boys and girls, it's there's no doubt in my mind, none whatsoever, that Don Lemon will be sitting there going, <laughs> I'm going to prison, I'm going to prison. And he should be. That's a threat. That is a threat. Whether you know it or not, there, Lemonhead. But why did he say it? I mean, now... I'm sure we'll find out. In fact, we will. He was talking to Chris Fredo Cuomo, of course. Two peas in a fucking dumbass pod. And uh, trust me when I say, there ain't none worse than CNN and MSNBC. And lately Fox News, too. Yes. That's why I've been going to One American News a lot more than usual. Uh, Trust me. It ain't because I like the scenery, although I do like the ladies that work over there at One American News. They they do look rather pretty. Very lovely, and... uh, uh, especially this uh, Wheeler chick. I mean, she's she's a blonde. I'm not partial to blondes necessarily, uh, but but I digress. I, I'm sorry. I, what can I say? I'm a fan of beautiful women in general. Eh, I'm a guy. I'm supposed to be right. Well, yes. Uh, um, 
yes, I, I, I just checking, folks, to make sure I'm, I am a guy. And, uh, yes. And, um, well, anyway, <laughs> yes, even in my talking points, I'm, I'm making really stupid jokes. <laughs> Sorry. Hashtag FFNOP, hashtag FFNOP. Trend tonight's broadcast all over the planet, people, on social media right now. And one thing before I forget, uh, if you are new to this broadcast, welcome. And you you have been effectively warned because we tend to get a little... Anyway, then there's that. All right, 347-945-5747. That being the number to dial. So come join us. In the chat room on Mixler, I've got Gunslinger hanging in there and watching by way of Periscope.tv. Cherokee Rose is in the house, and I do have one other person over there at Periscope.tv. Actually, there's three people at Periscope.tv, so let me see here. Um, Well, one of the three must be blocked. But anyway, Jean... Well, Jean is is there watching, too. I can't pronounce last names to save my life sometimes. It's terrible, I know. (laughs) But hey, I'm not perfect, okay? I'm a New Yorker. I'm from from upstate New York, you know, around the the Hudson Valley part there, you know. And, uh, well, let's face it. uh, There you go. But anyway, we got Gene, we got Cherokee Rose, and Gunslinger, and wherever you are, if you're a guest listening, if you're listening on blah, 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 blog talk radio, welcome. Now, let me see. Um, let me see. Something I'm forgetting something here. I'm forgetting something here. Oh, there it is. Uh, excuse me while I step a little off camera here. Uh, do 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 Moving a audio clip to the clip computer. Yes, folks, I have to do that. It uh, only takes a moment. Uh, I've re I've re I've, I've kind of cleaned up the studio a little bit and maneuvered some of the equipment better <clears throat> because I got sick and tired of two two having both both the mouse for the clip computer and the main broadcast computer sitting on on the on on the same spot on the same uh, yeah, mouse pad there you know and, uh, and um, stuff and uh, stuff let me see here um, let's see here I'll click that and then uh, then I'll just click that and while that's 
doing what it's got to do. Uh, I think it's going to do what it's got to do. Ah, there it goes. Wow, that was fast. <sighs> Gotta love that. <gasps> Excuse me. Holy Toledo. Tuna fish sandwiches for dinner tonight. Yeah, I know. Not much of a dinner, right? What do you got to do? Ah, now then, uh, close that. Uh, then close this. Then uh, go back to this. And, uh, oh. <clears throat> it might help if I uh wait a minute uh, something may right there close that there it's, uh, I don't know if I'm doubling there with that or not but uh you know and stuff yes one of my many favorite lines is and stuff and stuff kind of covers a few wide range of things on this broadcast. Yes, it does. Point. All right. And uh, let's see here. I got to get ready, folks, because there it went. Almost doubled up there. I'm pretty sure I did for a half second. So... um, as I was saying, Don Lemon, he's a real jackass. He really is. I mean, well, they're all idiots over at CNN. I mean, okay, he was frustrated by President Trump moving forward on his Supreme Court pick. <clears throat> so CNN's Don Lemon announced Monday that we're going to have to blow up the entire system. Now, Here's uh, what it says here. What he meant, of course, is blowing up a system of democracy, a representative republic that protects the rights of the minority. Uh, Folks, I really wish you people over at at, uh, Breitbart and everywhere else would start calling this country by what it was founded as, a constitutional republic. that protects the rights of the minority. And what I mean by minority is not a racial minority. Lemon is furious over what's happening with the Supreme Court. He's furious that democracy isn't going his way, so he wants to put an end to it by any means necessary. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, something else to keep in mind as you review the clip below, and we're going to pl- I'm going to play that clip in just a moment. And when it comes to political violence, when it comes to encouraging, validating, justifying, normalizing, celebrating, dismissing, defunding, and openly calling for political violence, CNN, LOL. Yes, laughing out loud has led this malignant charge going back years. They have, too. Now, the person who wrote the article for Breitbart added the LOL in CNN's name. We We should laugh out loud at CNN. They're a joke. So when CNN, LOL, anchor says during a primetime hour that 
they're gonna have to blow up the entire system. Only a fool would wrist flick the threat of violence. Only a fool would not take a CNN, laughing out loud, anchor at his word. Yes, CNN, laughing out loud, anchor, the staffers are all godless liars. But when it comes to threats of violence, you can count on them to keep their word. Now, let me uh, put the article in there. Let's go over here to the ever-present clip computer. Trust me, and I actually cleaned up my desk. It's been, it was a mess for days. You know, all kinds of uh, bills and important papers, so I picked everything up, put it into a file cabinet, that I ha- a file drawer that I have over here. Yes, I finally organized my desk. Whew. Boy, that was a job and a half. It only took five minutes. <laughs> yes, folks. It only took me five whole minutes to do this. But hey, I, you know, All right, so this is what this is from CNN. Here's that clip, that all important audio clip I was telling you about. No matter what happens, everybody's fixing We're going to have team. to blow up the entire system. And you know what we're going to have to do? No, I don't know. You know what we're going to yes, yeah. we, we have to do? You just got to Honestly, from what your closing argument is, you're going to have to get rid of the Electoral College. Because the people. I don't see it. Because the, the minority in this country decides who the judges are and they decide who the president is. Is but that, you need a constitutional amendment to do that. And if Democrats, if Joe Biden wins, Democrats can sack the courts, and they can do that amendment, and they can get it passed. Well, you that's need two-thirds vote in the Congress and three-quarters of the state legislature. They may be able to do that. Maybe. I'm going to play that again because did I hear him right? No matter what happens, everybody's fixing We're going to have team. to blow up the entire system. And you know what we're going to have to do? No, I don't know. You know what we're going to yes, yeah. we, we have to do? You just got to Honestly, from what your closing argument is, you're going to have to get rid of the Electoral College. Because the people... I don't see it. Uh, because the, the minority in this country decides who the judges are. And they... Okay. I stopped it right there because... Did I hear him right? Get rid of the Electoral College. And he's not even listening to Fredo. And if you look at the puss on, on Chris Lemon's face, if you were to see that, I guarantee he looks good acting job there, for Chris Fredo Cuomo. Very good acting job. You look like you're thoroughly annoyed with what Don Lemon is saying. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Hold on. There's more. They decide who the president is. is but you that, need a constitutional amendment to do that. And... Now, you see, now that actually is correct. In order to get rid of the um, Electoral College, you would have to have a constitutional amendment, a constitutional constitutional convention. Boy, I'm doing good tonight, ain't I, folks? (laughs) Carolyn, oh, boy, that was... Anyway, uh, 
<laughs> Incredible. And if Democrats, if Joe Biden wins, Democrats can sack the courts, and they can do that amendment, and they can get it passed. Well, you that's need two-thirds vote in the Congress and three-quarters of the state legislature. They may be. He just told Don Lemon exactly what it's going to take with a constitutional convention. But Don Lemon's not listening to this. Be able to do that. Maybe. And he thinks it can be done. And Chris Cuomo is even sitting there saying, maybe. Right. Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I get the impression. I get the impression that somewhere along the line, uh, CNN has lost its ever-loving fucking mind. Seriously, folks. And uh, Cherokee Rose, watching by way of Periscope.tv, says, very irresponsible, dangerous statements by women. Agreed. I agree. I, I couldn't. I, I, I'm sitting here listening to him say this stuff, and I'm thinking to myself, how in the hell does he qualify to be a journalist? Honestly, what qualifies him to be a journalist? A joke, maybe, but not a journalist. I mean, this, this guy's got about as much brain matter as a godforsaken dead flea. You don't turn around and 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 make statements like that seriously you don't not unless you've got a you know how can i put this a wish to go to jail and let's look at what at what this let me try that again folks Let's look at what this tactically means. Tactically, he's, he's actually making a call to arms. The Democrats' favorite people, Antifa slash BLM. These militant fuckheads are being called out to do whatever they do. Oh, they go to senators' houses and threaten them. They commit terrorist, domestic terrorist actions by doing that. Uh, they they do this until the senators all cave. They won't do it to the Democrat senators or Democrats in the in the House of Representatives, mind you, but they will do this sort of thing with the uh, Republican side. I guarantee, give it a day or so, and they will threaten senators if they consider going ahead with the vote. So one has to ask, it begs the question, how do we how do we put a stop to people like 
Don Lemon from saying stupid ass shit that you know could be could get people hurt if taken severely the wrong way. Joining me on the here on the phone lines, Gunslinger from the Lone Star State is has called in. Hey, buddy, what's up? Oh, the Democrats is acting stupid again. What's new? <laughs> you know, th- see, this only proves that these Democrats live in a fantasy world. I already say, get rid of the Electoral College. <laughs> well, that's a joke. Okay. Uh, but it's uh, stupid. I mean, they're, they have not invented a stupid pill, a, a cure for this for stupidity. Okay, I guess they could call it a stupid pill or a vaccine or something that would cure this. Well, that ain't going to happen. Okay, these people they they're, they're they're fucking hilarious. Okay, to think that kind of shit. So this only proves what goes on in these people's minds. Pig Losey. AOC, uh, Sleepy Joe and Camel Toe, okay. These people are sick. I mean, they are literally, well, they got the brain-eating disorder called liberalism. What else could it be? Yeah, I mean, the the, the irony in all of this, Gunslinger, is the fact that, you know, in talking with with, uh, Chris Fredo Cuomo, he, he, he doesn't seem to realize that what he's saying could literally cause a firestorm of destruction, physical harm, and, God forbid, someone getting killed. He doesn't understand nor realize that certain folks are going to take it the wrong way. And the wrong way usually leads to violence. But that's what he's counting on. That's what he's counting on. That's what they're all at CNN counting on. And MSNBC are counting on. I don't know, man. It's, this is crazy. It's just crazy. But then again... We live in crazy times, too. We do live in crazy times. But, I don't know. There's, there's more of this, uh, of this, <laughs> hey, I just noticed Breitbart put another gave gave uh, Chris uh, Chris Cuomo a new an, another nickname, Typhoid Fredo. Well, continuing where I left off with that, by the way. Now this is an excerpt. This is the uh, transcript of that conversation. Okay. According to Typhoid Fredo, or just plain Fredo. No matter what happens with the Supreme Court, everyone sticks with their team. Don Lemon. We're going to have to blow up the entire system, and you know what we're going to have to do. 
Fredo. I don't know about that. You're just going to have to vote. Lemon. Yes, and you know what we're going to have to do. Honestly, from what your closing argument is, you're going to have to get rid of the Electoral College because the people, and then interrupted by, by, by Chris Cuomo, saying, I don't see that. I don't see it. Lemon. Because the minority in this country decides who the judges are, and they decide who the president is. Is that fair? Now, I'm going to stop at that point. I'm going to stop right there for a moment. Gunslinger, tell me something. Maybe I'm maybe I'm, I've become senile in my young age. But when doesn't it seem strange that when the electoral college goes in favor of the Democrats, they're happy as pigs in slop. And they're not calling for the dismantling of the Electoral College. But as soon as the Electoral College chooses a Republican president, it seems kind of strange to me that, uh, well, you get people like Chris Lemon saying the stupid shit he does. Or is it just me? It's not just you. I can. I see it too. I mean, when that, when one of their own is in there, they're happy as a flea on a dog's ass. Okay, won't get nothing out of. I never have got nothing out of really. But when somebody gets in there that wants to do something for a change, like Trump, okay, I, yeah, yeah, you see what you see what they do. They're it's an alien to them. Of course, it's an alien to their power base. They don't want their power base to change. Donald Trump goes in there and he's he, he's shaking the apple cart up real bad, and they don't like it. You know, I guess it makes their brain scramble or something. Uh, but they don't like that. Okay, Democrat gets in there, they just how just as happy as happy can be. Okay, don't do anything. But they're still happy, okay? Even sure we don't try to make the country any better or try to do away with these stupid-ass laws and regulations and all this other bullshit that goes on, which is bullshit. But, again, how are you going to cure them? <laughs> Good luck on that one. I wouldn't hold your breath on it. Go ahead. Well, I, 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 this is just my own personal opinion, uh, on that one, on that question, uh, the, does the term sterilization sound familiar, folks? <laughs> hey, uh, just get a great big old, put together a cigar-style chopper. Tell all the men, okay, stick it in. <laughs> Next. Just chop that motherfucker off so they can't infect the world with stupid. Uh, but, you know, they can't do that, I know. But <laughs> one can dream. You know? 
Anyway, so uh, Fredo says, I don't see it. Now, Don Lemon goes on to say, because the minority in this country decides who the judges are, and they decide who the president is. Is that fair? And, of course, Fredo, not to be outdone, says you need a constitutional amendment to, to do that. <clears throat> Lemon, not even listening to what Chris Cuomo just said, says, and if Joe Biden wins, Democrats can stack the Supreme Court, and they can do that amendment, and they can get it passed. Fredo, well, you need two-thirds vote in the Congress and three-quarters of the state legislatures. Lemon, they may be able to do that. Fredo, maybe. Okay, that, just to clarify in case the clip didn't go over right. All right, and I'm glad that transcript was there. So if you watched the, if you, if you, if you heard the clip and everything, right, you can hear the rage and frustration in Lemon's shaky voice, not to mention his ignorance of how constitutional amendments work. You can also, uh, you also heard the rage in his watery, you know, if you watch the clip, you can see the rage in his watery eyes. Uh, he's furious that a duly elected president and a duly elected U.S. Senate a man and a governing body elected by the people are about to do their constitutional duty and replace a Supreme Court justice, which is exactly what they're supposed to do. But this, the, the current system doesn't work for them, for the Democrats, obviously. It doesn't work for them, so they, 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 want, it, they want it their way. Well, this ain't the days of old when Burger King had the slogan, have it your way at Burger King. Unbelievable, you know? So because the CNN, laughing out loud, cry bully isn't getting his way, he wants to change the rules, he wants to strip the minority of all their rights and win through the tyranny of majority rule. Gunslinger... Didn't America fight a revolution, a revolutionary war to get away from a tyrannical rule? Didn't America fight the revolutionary war to get away from what was then British rule, which was tyranny and, 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 and taxation without representation and all that good stuff? I mean... Didn't America do that, or or or, or is it, or, or am I not paying attention to revisionist history, where that never happened? Well, it's it, it's supposed to, but you know, to a degree, America is still under British rule. Okay, to a point. Look at the bar, British accredited registry, British. Huh? But that's another for another story, but. It's the way it's supposed to. It's supposed to. That's in for another no. show, for someone else's show too. Look, I'm, I'm going to say it plain. It's called the Bar Association. It's not. It, it, that doesn't mean that this country is under British rule still. That's not a governmental body. 
Okay? Just so you're aware. Okay? The Bar Association, whatever it's, it's the, the bar it stands for, still has to deal with the, the laws that are on the books in the United States of America, not Britain. So we're not under British, we, we haven't been under British rule since before the Revolutionary War. And anybody who, 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 anybody who doesn't understand that needs to understand that. Seriously. I mean, we learned that shit back when we were in high school. When we were back in, in the day back in the day when history actually meant something. But the thing is, and then the bottom line is you can't change the system just because you're displeased with the outcome. You know? And that's what that's what these jokers think they can do. By stripping the the minority of all their rights and win through tyranny of majority rule, which is the way the King of England did it back before we fought Britain for our our freedom to be a free country, to be a free republic. And uh, he wants to he, he wants to violate one of those precious norms the media always talk about protecting by stacking the highest court in the land until there are enough justices who will give the CNN cryboly everything he wants. And that's what they want to do. They want to stack the deck in their favor. Problem? It's been tried before. And it didn't work, did it? Now, most of all, though, he his threat to blow up the entire system, this is no idle threat. CNN does not make idle threats. CNN has been the tip of the spear of normalizing, encouraging, and defending political violence. The domestic terrorists in Black Lives Matter and Antifa are CNN's brown shirts. And CNN has gone to the mat to defend their brown shirts and their violence. I mean, CNN has openly called for violence. So the, the people are, these people are evil. They're monsters. And God help us in November if they're evil and monstrous tactics are validated. Now John Nolte wrote this article. You know something? Take it as warning. Take it as, as, as take it as a reminder of what we what we fought the Revolutionary War for. What we we fight for every day. Our freedoms, our rights, under the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. You know, I mean, gunslinger. Why in God's name? Would anyone, and this is what bothers me about this, why would anybody listen to these two dickheads over at CNN when it comes to the reality that if they're putting out a call to violence and it's, under, it's a clear call to violence, 
How is it they can stay on the air knowing that, that this is going on? The Federal Communications Commission, I'm sure, gets complaints about CNN all the time. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sure they get complaints all the time, but, you know, it's, they'll just label it as free speech. Well, you got to run to say it. Now, if you have to try to do it, now you cross the line. It does an actual, you know, you know, the actual act. That's the way they look at it. Okay, well, it's free speech. I mean, you know, I say, I say anything I want to. Yeah, so there's something wrong with your audio. Uh, sorry to interrupt, buddy, but there's something wrong with your audio. It's sounding, it goes faint and it gets distorted. I, I'm not sure if it's. Are you, call, are you calling through Skype? Yeah. And that explains it. Now I heard you're fine. That'd be better? That better? Yeah, that's better. Yeah. Microchef, thank you. Sorry. Thank you, Microchef. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, well, I just, you might want to know just in case. Yeah. You know, I said that's I'm pretty much finished. I said it's just you know, it's it's ratings. It's there it goes again. Speech. Well, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with it. Fucking Bakker shaft. I'm done. <laughs> you know what? Every so often, we, we with with uh, with Skype, you run into a problem where uh, you 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 connect to one of their servers. And it, you get a bad connection. Try try call, hanging up and calling back. You might get a, a better connection. Gun. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, try hang try calling back in because that may change that you may get a better connection through a through a different Skype server, hopefully. Yeah, so I gotta go to the kitchen anyway. I'll I'll hang up call back in a few minutes. Okay, okay. I'll be here. I ain't going no place. But um you know, folks, I, 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 can't, I can't believe uh, that CNN w- would be so blatantly irresponsible like this. I mean, how do you justify making a statement like that? You know what? I'm calling you out, Chris Lemon. I'm calling you out. I'll tell you what. Use the email address that's on the screen, comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. Because, Chris Lemon, you and I need to have a nice conversation, although you ain't going to like what I have to say, I'm sure. Because the first words out of my mouth will be, Mr. Don Lemonhead. Eh, Maybe not. I'll be nice, but you and I need to have a, have an interview. I need to talk to you. I need to find out what's in that li- that liberal head of yours, and I guarantee he won't come on. He will not agree to an interview. I'm almost guaranteeing you that 
he will not agree to any kind of interview because if he does, and I, I sincerely doubt it, but if, let's say for the sake of discussion, he does agree to do this. Well, he's probably going to try to control the narrative. And uh, that ain't going to happen. And I'll tell him, look, this isn't CNN. This is not uh, your, your network. You don't control the narrative. And why? I'll tell him, plain and simple, during the course of the interview, for for the life of me, I don't know how the Federal Communications Commission continues to allow CNN to operate, given the fact that they're that, that everything that, that some of the stuff you say, especially what you said on Monday, uh, is basically a call to violence. And the people with Antifa and BLM take it as such. Your network is is putting out the calls of violence on a regular basis. And apparently you don't like, you don't like our constitutional republic and the way it works. You don't like the Electoral College. Now, I, at one point, I will admit, I did say abolish the Electoral College. But I come to realize we can't do that. We can't do that. What we have to do, folks, is look those who seek to do wrong straight in the eye and tell them with a clear, concise voice, fuck you. We're voting for the other guy. Fuck you. We're voting for people that will actually do the job. And that's what the Republicans in the Senate and President Trump were voted into office for, to do their constitutional duty. And whether you like it or not, CNN, whether you like it or not, Don Lemon, that's exactly what they're doing. They're doing the will of the people. The, the majority voted him into office. The Electoral College chose so get the fuck over it. Get the fuck over it. I mean, how do you, how do these these idiots at CNN and MSNBC, I might add, the two networks, they're two peas in a proverbial liberal pod. How do they sleep at night? What is it about attack, 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 say something that will be a call to violence, attack, 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 Another statement as a call to violence, attack, attack, attack. How do they do that? How do they get away with that shit? Okay? I'll tell you what. Just for shits and giggles. I'm going over. I'm going to... um, I'm going to... um, Take a look at the um, oh, I'm looking at 
looking at uh, Lawn.Live, amongst my favorites. And usually around this time, one of them, okay, one of them is showing the 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 so called protesters, the alleged protesters, more like the Antifa BLM thugs. So what I'm trying to wrap my head around is, are they finally starting to get the message, slowly but surely, that doing this, you know, showing this stuff is a bad idea? Well, let me go one step further. I'm going to take, I'll take a sneak peek here. I'm going to take a look. I'm not going to show anything unless I find something. Um... And that's um, wow. Ooh, this might be interesting. Senator Ted Cruz. I'm not sure if it's. It, it says it's live right now, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna Go to it. Uh, Hang on a second here. Shoot, I forgot. I changed the password. Did I? Let me see. Hold on, folks. Hmm. Okay. Now, of course, I'm going to have to do some fancy uh, manipulation here because I I forgot to do something. When you're doing a live broadcast like this, you just have to go with the flow, you know? And sometimes that means kind of doing things on the fly there, you know? Uh, you know what's really a lot of fun? when you When you can do it, and the opportunity presents itself accordingly. So I know I sound a little distant, but it's normal, you know, from around here. But I don't want things to get screwed up when I try to log into Facebook on the clip computer. And I do believe, thank you.
Okay. Bear with me, folks. I promise we're getting there. <laughs> uh, go to live. And there it is. Cassidy to read her dissent in the Lilly Ledbetter legislation from the bench. The unusual move of saying, I... What you're listening to, and I'm going to let this run for, for a few minutes, is a live conversation, this is live from the Senate floor right now. Now, I don't know who that is speaking, but we'll find out soon, I'm sure. ...stage that we heard our colleague Senator Warren talk about tonight, it's, it's pretty amazing. Because that's why we need to have women in these places. We need to have them so you have the voice of diversity there to tell you what it's like. And I guarantee you when she said that statement, I don't ask anything from my brother other than to get your foot off my neck. I guarantee you she knew what that was like, and that is why she says it with such conviction. And that's what she represented. That's what she represented as an icon to so many people, and now they are mourning. I've had 2,000 calls in just a few days to our office about her passing. One constituent, Lynn from Shelton, Washington, said, I'm old enough, quote, I'm old enough to have grown up experiencing the subtle and not-so-subtle discrimination aimed at girls and women that have limited our self-expression, our participation in sports, in politics, college accessibility, and workplace, and even in my family life and reproduction. She continues, it's been slow progress for each of us to achieve increased equality. And so we have so much to thank Ruth Bader Ginsburg for. I'm deeply saddened and frightened, frightened by her passing. As you know, our democracies, freedom, Integrity and the rule of law are threatened and are even at greater risk, end quote. Eileen from Issaquah wrote, quote, Justice Ginsburg fought so valiantly for our rights as women. As women, we provide so much for the Washington economy. I agree with her. <laughs> women provide a lot for our economy in the state of Washington. She continues, quote, I am a business owner myself. And I am terrified that gender protections are in grave danger. Ensuring civil liberties is not just a moral thing to do, but it makes sound economic policy as well. Allowing more people more opportunities does not take away from those with power, but it grows our economy as a state and as a country and allowing all of us to be more prosperous together. That includes reproductive rights, which is the keystone to allowing women full economic opportunity as men." End quote. You know, I have to say that letter basically just sums it all up. That is what the fight with Lily Ledbetter was. And I thank Lily Ledbetter I thank Lily Ledbetter for having the courage to file that case 
and stand up to that discrimination and basically fight a long process that people still don't understand. We do not have pay equity in America yet. We still are not making the same amount as men. Ruth Ginsburg made a decision that set the course for the Lilly Ledbetter Law, which is just basically saying, instead of saying our time to file a case for discrimination runs out after a year, when we don't even know we've been discriminated against, we should have a longer period of time to file that case. So all we're going to get is our day in court. But I thank both Lily Ledbetter and Justice Ginsburg for that because they were women standing up in an incredible environment with men surrounding them and speaking truth to power about what needed to happen for as my constituent says here, for full economic opportunities for all people. I can't tell you how many men I have heard say, I want equal pay for women. I want equal pay for women because I want my wife to make a decent salary. I want her to bring home as much as she can bring home. I don't want her discriminated against. And yet when Justice Ginsburg set us up for the Lilly Bedletter legislation and we came here to the Senate floor, I heard the most unbelievable speeches here on the Senate floor. Colleagues of ours basically said things like, well, if you will just be as qualified as a man, we'll pay you as much as a man. The disconnect still exists. The pay equity still exists. But the course of action has been set by Justice Ginsburg, and we have just got to pick up the torch and carry this to the finish line because it is good for our economy. It is good for our society. It is good for women to have the type of participation that when you are paid equally to a man, you can continue to contribute in society. 2,000 people have written to me already. It's unbelievable what she has done to touch the hearts of Americans. A father from Bellingham wrote, quote, mostly I mourn for the future of my four-year-old daughter. The prospects of women losing their right to choose and an erosion of gender equality is frightening, end quote. And another constituent, Katie, wrote, quote, even though the air this morning looks relatively clear again in Seattle, little reference to all our fire and smoke, she continues, our future is foggier than ever. While I mourn the death of Justice Ginsburg, I cannot help but feel tremendous anxiety about the future of existing laws in effect that protect all people's rights from legal abortions to access to health care to laws that protect our votes and our freedom of speech and laws that Justice Ginsburg protected. That's really what's going on here in America. This movement about RBG is you stood up to protect us and now you're gone and what is going to happen? So uh, definitely... Uh, a pause in this for a little comment about our 
our Senate schedule. I don't, I don't get it. You know, we can sit here and argue back and forth about what people said when and how and all of that. What I don't understand is this. It takes time to review the record of someone for a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court in which these important issues to working families and whether they have as much power and as much clout and as much standing as a corporation in America, people want to know where they stand. And somehow people are already talking about schedules. I, I don't understand. Like, how can you decide what the schedule is when you haven't even heard the name of a person? How do, you, how do you move forward with a schedule when you don't even know? Maybe this person's going to end up being Harriet Myers. Maybe you're going to look at their record and you're going to say, it's Harriet Myers, and I, I don't want to move forward because I looked at her record and I decided maybe this is not the jurist I want at this point in time. All I'm saying is I don't understand how somebody can set a course of action in a schedule when you don't even know who the person is, what the process is going to be, or the length of time. You are setting a horrible precedent. You're suggesting to people that it doesn't even matter what the name is. You already have a schedule. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know who the senator is, but uh, so. uh, they have a picture of, as you can see, a picture of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg there. there. Not have frustration um, when my citizens have fought so hard. We will come back to this. Right. And just actually, we'll, we'll go a few more minutes, and then so I'll just switch off of it. Because for some reason, that they need I get the feeling this is not going to end well. About tonight. how a fair and deliberative process, the last wishes of Justice Ginsburg, are going to be honored. So, Mr. President, I would like to add for the record the full dissent that was read from the bench from Justice Ginsburg in the Lilly Ledbetter case. Without objection. Without objection. In that dissent, Justice Ginsburg said, quote, the problem of concealed pay discrimination is particularly acute where the disparities arise not because the female employee is flatly denied a raise, but because male counterparts are given larger raises. Having received a pay increase, the female employee is likely to discern at once that she was experienced an adverse employment decision. She may have little reason even to suspect discrimination until a pattern develops incrementally, and she ultimately becomes aware of the disparity, end quote. Okay, we're going to stop right there with that. Uh, initially, when I first saw, I thought it was Ted, I thought Ted Cruz was still speaking, but apparently he uh, was long since done. Um, they are talking about, and this is what what got me uh, to this um, they are there's uh, senators are speaking on the SCOTUS empty seat the seat uh, that was uh, vacated 
with the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, I see Gunslinger has rejoined us on the phone line. Let's see if we can get some, see how his audio does this time. What's up, Doc? Gun? Had the fucking mic muted. How about that? Hello. <laughs> there you are, and you sound, it sounds a lot better too. So definitely, your audio is much much more improved over last time. Here it is, Tuesday. And they're on the Senate floor right now talking about the seat uh, that is that President Trump will wants filled as soon as humanly possible, which is his constitutional authority. His constitutional uh, was he's required. Golly, let me try that again. He is constitutionally duty bound. See filled, as is the United States Senate. But the Democrats want to change the rules. Now, uh, I saw an article, and I got to I got to pull that. Uh, oh, we need to do that. Duh. Let me see if it's here. If it's here amongst the. Uh, See here. Ah. Ocasio Cortez, impeachment of A.G. Barr, Trump, on the table to stop SCOTUS pick. Yes. You heard right, folks. Told you that they were considering this idea. Now check this out. Um, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, Democrat from New York, on Sunday night at a joint press conference with Senate Majority Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat from New York, called on Democrats to buy time with procedural tools, which she said could include impeachment proceedings against President Trump and Attorney General Barr. Now, earlier in the press conference, Ms. AOC, asshole on crack, said we must also commit to using every procedural tool available to us to ensure that we buy ourselves the time necessary we must commit to allowing and considering and utilizing every single procedural tool available to us again to buy that time. This isn't Wall Street, stupid. But there's more. And this is the last paragraph, and it's a, do, it's a big one. When a reporter asked if buying time could include impeachment of President Trump or A.G. Barr, Ocasio Cortez said, "Well, I think I am. I, well, I think I am. 
I believe that certainly there has been an enormous amount of law-breaking in the Trump administration. I believe that Attorney General Barr has, that Attorney General Barr, R is unfit for office am. And I am, th- I am th- that he has pursued potential, we are breaking, he, he here, oh brother, they rushed this one to publication, unless this is actually how she spoke. Uh, that being said, this is, this is, I see what happened. Having said, that being said, uh, there are procedures that are in that are largely up to the to House Democratic leadership. I believe that we must consider all the tools available to our at our disposal, and that all of these options should be entertained and on the table. Okay. To interpret, simply put, they're actually going to try and impeach Trump and A.G. Barr to slow the process. I don't know if they understand the Constitution or not. I, I, I truly believe they they are just blatantly defiling the Constitution by even throwing the, the, the impeachment out there. If that's the only thing you're using impeachment for to stop a nomination process, boy, are you dumber than a box of fucking crushed rocks from prehistoric days, you Neanderthal Democrat fuckheads. What do you think, Gunn? Well, yeah, prehistoric fuckheads. That's exactly what they are. Okay, I told you they're on a hell bent to hell, on a path road to hell, highway to hell. Okay, this, you know, buying time for what? We already know that Trump's going to win. They know that Trump's going to win. Okay, they say hell, they're there. They can see the numbers just like we can. They see his rallies just like we can. So there's no doubt that. Trump's going to win. It's just more things to try to tear this country down. Democrats are not for the country. That, that proves it right there. Trying to impeach a president for doing his job? What? They are crazy. I think, well, I think we already knew that they're crazy. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to think that they would actually use impeachment as a weapon to stop this to stop Trump from putting this nomination forward is it, it, it's outright stupidity and insanity on their part because I, I how do you how do you justify weaponizing something like impeachment I mean that's that's ridiculous. They well, actually, they weaponized it uh, back when they did the impeachment the first time. 
They may have gotten their impeachment, but they didn't get him removed from office. So you have to ask yourself, you know, exactly what is it going to take to put these idiots behind, you know, put these people in the Democratic side of the aisle in their place. You know what I'm saying, Gunn? What is it going to take? I have no idea at this point. Okay? They're not going to stop. Okay? And how they get voted in every time is beyond me. I mean, we know people are stupid, but yeah. There's stupid people out there, okay, and it's not them, well, they're included, but they're even more stupider to vote these fools in, okay? AOC, are you kidding me? Bragheads, are you kidding me? Piglosi keeps getting voted back in. Man, it's embarrassing to be a part of the human race with stupid people like that, dumbasses. Democrats, what do you expect? Yeah, I, I I know that people out there don't realize that they're voting for the when they vote a Democrat into office, they're voting for the destruction and dismantling of our constitutional republic incrementally. And if they can't get a constitutional amendment, which they they can't, uh, because a constitutional convention would have to be put would have would have to be uh, done, and it, and all that would take too much time. And by the time they get what they want, if they get what they want, it's well past the point of no return, and they may as well not even bother trying. But I don't know. I, I, I get this really strange feeling that they're going to pull another horror show like the last impeachment trial. They're going to try and drum up charges against President Trump. I mean, who, who's the chairman of the Judicial Committee? Jerry Nonads Nadler. The Intelligence Committee for the House, Adam Shit for Brains Schiff. So, do I see them rushing to put out articles of impeachment? Yeah. And because they have the majority in the Congress, the Democrats can get their way pretty quick. If they are really serious about impeachment, and I suspect they are, go ahead. Yeah, I suspect they are too. They're that batshit crazy. Okay. Um, I don't. You know, it's just. I, it's. It's. I'm almost speechless that they would even consider that again. But when you are going forward blind leading the blind, and that's what it is, it's the blind leading the blind. It's it's just amazing. I mean, I've seen some crazy shit in my life, but man, you know, 
these things going on today takes the cake. Well, it takes the whole cake and the icing on the cake, too. It's insanity. You impeach, or you tried to impeach, which, you know, they didn't, he wasn't convicted of it. But he, yeah, you could say he was impeached, but he really didn't, he didn't fly because he wasn't removed. He wasn't, you know, it's like a, it's not like a crime. Well, you're guilty. Well, no, he's not guilty. How can you be guilty on charges that are, that are trumped up? Trumped up, get it? Trumped up. Um, <laughs> that are made up. Just, yeah, that are made up, just like this bullshit, Okay. You cannot impeach a president for doing his fucking job. Uh, it's it, that's that's ludicrous. I mean, that's that your your fucking brain has to be about the size of a a, a, a nut on a goddamn ant. Okay, that's how that you know it, insanity crazy. Go ahead. Uh, I would go so far as to say they they have the brain of a Neanderthal. Seriously. So you got the brains of a Neanderthal. That too. That too. I don't know. It's it's ludicrous. I mean, for uh, asshole on crack to say that I believe that certainly there has been an enormous amount of law breaking in the Trump administration. That took balls to say that. Enormous amount of law breaking. What laws did he break? What laws did he violate? She doesn't say. They're just throwing stuff out there to see if it sticks. You know? That's what that's that's what they did in twenty sixteen. Bringing forth all the women that supposedly Trump fondled and impeached and all that shit—that you know—that's that's that's childish. That's something that I would re- expect from a four-year-old child. That's got a shit full of fucking diapers, okay, or diapers full of shit or whatever, okay. Um, but to, to get to, to, to do that, to put shit, well, look at what they did to Kavanaugh. Same fucking thing, okay. Most of it was paid. It was made up. They probably paid some idiot, you know, to come forward. Oh yeah, you know, he beats my ass all, you know, blah blah blah. Just to sh- just to see if they can derail him. Well, guess what? It hasn't worked. And if I was doing that, I would say, huh? How many, what else can we try? <laughs> you know, because everything else that we tried is, uh, to, to impeach this guy or get him out of office, it makes him more empowered. It empowers him even more. Okay, uh, it's, I'm shocked. Go ahead. Well, I'm not shocked that they're trying this. They're thinking of doing this again. I'm really not because it's it shows the level of desperation on the part of the Democrats. It truly does. It shows that level of de- desperation. That, you know, why do this? Knowing full well you've got nothing on him, it's just a waste of taxpayer money and time. Time that could be better spent doing what they're supposed to do rather than what they want to do. And that's, that's the whole thing. 
Now, Senator Mitt Romney announced support for holding the holding the vo- holding vote uh, on President Trump's Supreme Court nominee. Here's another fuckhead. Senator Mitt Romney announced he will back a vote on President Trump's Supreme Court nominee. He released a statement Tuesday in which he confirmed that if the nominee reaches the Senate floor, he intends to vote based on their qualifications. Maybe there's something to this. Hang on a second. Let me pull up his uh, statement here. This this is what Senator Mitt Romney said, and I will... uh, I will share this on the uh, on the video feed. So here goes. This is what it says, folks. My decision regarding a Supreme Court nomination is not the result of a subjective test of fairness, which, like beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It is based on the immutable fairness of following the law, which in this case is the Constitution and precedent. The historical precedent of election year nominations is that the Senate generally does not confirm an opposing party's nominee, but does confirm a nominee of its own. The Constitution gives the President the power to nominate and the Senate the authority to provide advice and consent on on Supreme Court nominees accordingly. I intend to follow the Constitution and precedent in considering the President's nominee. If the nominee reaches the Senate floor, I intend to vote based upon their qualifications. All right. That is what uh, Senator Romney said in a, on a Twitter. Uh, put it out on Twitter. And the article goes on to say the Utah Republican noted that historically an election nomination is for the Senate to confirm if they are made by a president of the same party. Romney spoke to reporters on Capitol Hill and pointed out that, pointed this out. Uh, pointed out this was not the case back in 2016. At this stage, I think it's appropriate to look at the Constitution and to look at the precedent which has existed over, well, since the beginning of this country, he stated, and in a circumstance where a nominee of a president is from a different party than the Senate, then more often than not, the Senate does not confirm. So the Garland decision was consistent with that. Romney was considered a potential GOP defection on holding a vote, but his announcement appears to guarantee the president's nominee will will receive a full vote on the Senate floor. 
Meanwhile, White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows confirmed the president will announce his Supreme Court pick this Saturday. In an interview Tuesday, he said the White House and Republicans have not made a decision yet on the timetable for the confirmation process. However, Meadows said senators are engaged and ready to get to work on the president's pick. He also noted his conf- he's confident the, the president's nominee will have enough votes to be confirmed either before the election or shortly after. So it sounds to me like Mitt Romney's on board with uh, possibly voting in favor of the nominee. So we'll see. And he was he was he's usually one of those uh, those holdouts. Um, but if he's but if he's actually going to vote based on 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 you know as he put it. Uh, based upon their qualifications, uh, this person, whoever the person is uh, that he, that's announced Saturday, I've got a feeling we're gonna we're gonna see the process go forward starting the that coming week. Something tells me it's gonna take place. It's gonna happen, and the Democrats are not gonna be happy. <laughs> But then again, when are they ever happy? What do you think, Gunn? Well, this is like you said. The Democrats are never happy. I, I, you know, they'll find something to bitch at. There's no doubt about that. Okay, they're just like spoiled little children. Okay. Um. Like I said, the, the, you know, Trump is doing his job. That's that's the. They need to go back and reread that Constitution. I mean, you know, send them back to school because obviously their their disease is getting worse because they've forgotten what the Constitution says. He just clearly stated it. I mean, it's his job to point, you know, Supreme Court justices. Okay, what are you gonna do? Get the milkman to fucking uh, appoint something? I mean, come on. It's crazy, but you know because they're not one of the good old boys. You know they'll oppose him at everything that they can possibly do. They're idiots. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, okay. When when uh, uh, when Garland was uh, put up by then outgoing president, alleged president uh, Barack Obama. The Senate didn't have to uh, didn't have to do anything with it, and and they they followed the Constitution. They followed the rule of law. President Trump is the duly elected president of the United States. He put forward Brett Kavanaugh, and. Um, uh, but, 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 what's the other guy's name? <laughs> Having a brain fart moment, folks. Um, wow. Well, the two nominees that, that were confirmed by the Senate, it was done in accordance with the Constitution. The rule of law and based on their qualifications. 
Now, of course, when it came to Brett Kavanaugh, the Democrats tried everything they could, they could throw out there. Well, apparently, if they're talking about impeachment, they don't have anything they can throw out there against any one of the president's uh, potential picks. So <laughs> this, is, this is where... Uh, this is where you know the Democrats are caught between a rock and a hard place and nowhere to turn. But I, I have this gut feeling that you know they're going to they are going to carry out their threat of impeachment again. But I don't see the Senate uh, stopping confirmation proceedings uh, of the president's. Uh, nominee, whoever that may be, because I see them going forward with it. I don't see this uh, threat of impeachment stopping them, and it shouldn't, nor should the threats by Antifa BLM fuckheads uh, influence their decisions. So... It's it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting situation. Uh, we're gonna it's it's a wait and see situation. That's what it comes down to, really. Now, I'm going to uh, ah, wait a minute. It's this. Ooh. Whoa. Check this out, folks. This comes from uh, conservativefighters.org. Secret Service makes an arrest near Trump rally. Pair busted with gun. 200 rounds of ammunition. Oh, boy. Listen to this, folks. Two Virginia residents are arrested on Monday after they were found walking on railroad tracks behind an Ohio airport with a backpack containing a gun and ammunition before President Trump was set to conduct a rally nearby, according to authorities. John Davison, 38, and Vicki Davison, 33, both of Virginia Beach, were arrested behind Toledo Executive Airport in Lake Township, which is a reliever airport for the city's main Eugene F. Kranz Toledo Express Airport, where the rally was being held about 20 miles away. FBI and Secret Service agents were involved in the ongoing investigation into the pair, authorities said, according to Bowling Green's the Sentinel Tribune. Police originally responded to the area after a witness reported that two people had gotten out of a vehicle and were walking on the tracks with shovels and a backpack. They were not resisting, but not cooperating, said Lake Township Police Chief Mark Hummer, according to the paper. Their backpack contained a Glock pistol with an extended magazine, 
200 rounds of ammunition and four and four tourniquets, authorities said, at least two shovels and a pitchfork were also allegedly found in their possession. Hummer added that the rented vehicle the pair had been in had several items suspicious in nature, which he described as odd items, but nothing illegal. They were each charged with making terrorist threats, carrying a concealed weapon, including inducing panic and criminal trespassing after their arrests that involved the Secret Service because Trump was at the rally nearby, the Sentinel Tribune reported. It wasn't immediately known if either one had retained an attorney. Hummer said John Davison had been cited Sunday had been cited Sunday night by police in nearby Walbridge for criminal trespass at their at their street department. The Toledo Express Airport recently changed its name to the Eugene F. Kranz Toledo Express Airport. Holy shit. I think we can pretty much deduce what what these two were up to. I mean, why would you be walking on railroad tracks with shovels and a backpack that contained a Glock pistol with an extended magazine and 200 rounds of ammunition and four tourniquets? Um, sounds to me like they were they were planning something to be certain sounds to me like they were they, they were going to do something deadly toward the president which i which i'm glad they got caught i'm glad they were stopped what do you think gun well, I don't think they was out there to put a tourniquet on Bambi's shot leg. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they they're obviously up to something. Okay. <clears throat> It'd be interesting. They'll they'll probably find out that they're probably BML supporters or, you know, Antifa and all this bullshit. They probably support that. Do you know they're Democrats? Look at them. You can tell. Uh, yeah, that's a very suspicious looking pair to be doing something like that. Oh yeah. Ay ay ay. Told you, hey, some crazy people out there, and you're looking at two of them right there. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> folks, uh, <laughs> let me. Um, uh, I'm going to bring up their their picture and show you the two in question uh, on the video feeds, folks. Uh, I kid you not. There they are. Two model citizens. Bullshit. Uh, they look like absolute Looney Tunes. I mean, really? You look at their eyes and, and alone, and you can see that they're they're a little they're just a little bit batshit crazy by the look of things. Of course, and again, if you look at my eyes, I look like I'm ready to fall asleep any second. But that's that's a story for another time. <laughs> but. Yeah, you look at this at these two, and and you, and you think to yourself, what the fuck were they thinking? You know, what the fuck were they thinking? 
it, it doesn't make sense why anybody would be stupid enough to uh, to do something like that. And 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 you know, not for anything, but I get the impression that uh, when you look at when you when you look at the story for what you know, for what it's, for what it is. These two, by definition, are domestic terrorists. And I suspect that they were up to no good as it relates to President Trump, like I said. But uh, if they were looking to do something to him, and and I, I, I can't stress this enough, they were like 20 miles out of the way Because I don't think a Glock's bullet is going to travel 20 fucking miles. Only an idiot would think that it would. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. And And I don't own a pistol. I don't know that much about Glocks. But I'm pretty sure a Glock pistol or any 9mm weapon uh, doesn't have a 20 mile range. Go ahead. Trust me, none of them do, okay? None of them do, okay? I know I carry a pistol, okay? None of them do, no. The only thing that's going to have a mile, well, a 22 has got a killing range of a mile and a half. A mile and a half, that's it. That's a 22. rest of them, forget it, you know. Hell, a high-powered fucking deer rifle can't even go that far, okay? So, yeah, you know. Good luck on that one. <laughs> but they were definitely up to something. I mean, you could, you know, they were planning something. Or like I said, they'll probably, they probably will find out that they're uh, BML and Antifa and all this stuff supporters. Just wait and see. I bet you more will probably come out on that. You know, they're investigating them all the way down. <laughs> Go ahead. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised, Gunslinger. I really wouldn't be. Okay. Um, Project Veritas exposes Kentucky Senate Democrat candidate Amy McGrath, who is allegedly deceiving Republican voters in order to try and beat incumbent Mitch McConnell. <laughs> okay. Uh, this, uh, the, what you're about to hear, comes from One American News, so I acknowledge them as the source. Well, Project Veritas exposes Kentucky Senate Democrat candidate Amy McGrath is allegedly deceiving Republican voters in order to try and beat incumbent Republican Mitch McConnell. One America's John Hines has more from Washington. So you were in Kentucky, and you're following this uh, candidate. Apparently, she's opposing Mitch McConnell. And what would you say are the headlines from the work you've been doing there? So these series of tapes we're about to release, the first one in Kentucky on a woman named Amy McGrath. She's running against Mitch McConnell in Kentucky, which is a coal state. And her campaign staff says that she doesn't actually support coal. She just says she does in order to win the election. Democrats running in red states 
tend to, this is a pattern across the country, they have to deceive voters in order to win because they have to appeal to Trump voters. Now, this official, Abby is her name, and she works for Amy McGrath. She's a field organizer with the campaign there in Kentucky, says that they have to mislead voters. She says that we can't be honest about what our policy views are, and she compares or she contrasts Amy McGrath's record with Elizabeth Warren, who is much more transparent about what Elizabeth Warren believed in. So Abby says that uh, the campaign has to lie a bit, has to make voters believe that Amy McGrath supports Trump's policies, even though she really doesn't, in, uh, in order to win the election. It's all about winning elections and not being transparent about what they actually believe. I understand you were trying to track down Colonel McGrath at one point. What were you attempting to ask her about? I was attempting to ask her, you know, I, I went all the way to the town of Union, Kentucky, where Amy McGrath was shooting a campaign advertisement inside of, a, I guess, a donor or a supporter's house. And they called the police on me, the sheriffs on me. I was standing in the street with a microphone. Um, I was attempting to ask for her comment, uh, attempting to ask for a comment, John, like reporters do. And the, uh, the man in the, in the uh, SUV asked, who are you with? And I said, does it make a difference? Uh, because apparently it does if you're from Veritas as opposed to the New York Times. They call the police on you. The police came and said, what are you doing here? I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a reporter asking for comment. And, uh, and it was kind of this really ridiculous situation. So I was trying to get Amy McGrath on the record. But it is, it is, it's totally consistent with the video because in the videotape, Abby says, you can't talk about what you believe in. And when I went for comment, they were evading me. They were they, they, they called the police on me. They just don't. It's almost like you can run for office and not have to answer anyone's questions or ever appear before a reporter. That's campaigning in 2020. So uh, it is my understanding that these uh, Boone County deputies confronted you. And were these were these the people you're just talking about? The yes, sheriff, these are very nice, very nice sheriffs in Boone County, Kentucky. Uh, they came and said they asked you to leave, and I said, actually, nobody asked me to leave. I've never been asked to leave by anybody. I have a right to be here. And they said, well, you, you're, you, you are trespassing because they asked you to leave. And we have the tape. Nobody, nobody asked me to leave. I did knock on the door. Nobody answered the door. I then proceeded to walk down the steps into the street and wait for some. Now, it's one more thing. She, she, Amy McGrath was in an SUV, apparently was going to get out of the SUV, but when I was there, they realized they don't want to get out of the SUV. So she tried to fit the SUV into this tiny garage door, which it didn't fit. So there's this scene where the SUV is sort of cartoonishly trying to enter and exit. It can't fit into the garage. Again, these are politicians <laughs> who just don't want to answer questions, and we think that that's a bad look. We think that Amy McGrath should, in fact, talk about what she actually believes, because people have a right to know that. So what else can we expect from Project Veritas and Project Veritas action before the election, James? Well, we have a big story coming out. We're, we're trying to corroborate it right now. People say that voter fraud is not substantiated. There's no evidence of voter fraud that's not systemic. And we're going to go out and substantiate it and get systemic evidence. James O'Keefe, the founder and president of Project Veritas and Project Veritas action, Thank you for talking to us on One America News. It's good to catch up with you, sir. Thank you. Want to see? Now, I find it interesting that this person quite literally 
did not want to answer questions and, and went out of her way to even call the police. Okay? Which I thought was a bit over the top. Now, uh, in, in, in hindsight, you know, <clears throat> the, the, the basic problem here is if you, if you believe in what you're, what you're saying and the, and the reporter wants to uh, conduct an interview to, you know, to, to, you know, to have you come out publicly as you've already done, uh, and you know wants to get answers. You don't call the police or the sheriff's department to try and you know get rid of them. You don't want somebody on your on, knocking at your door, and they're with, they're they're a journalist. You open you you send someone to the door and say something to the effect. Uh, we're not taking. We're not. We're not doing. We're not doing interviews at this time. And then close the door. And before you close the door, ask the person to leave. Obviously, uh, Amy McGrath did not do that. They just went right to calling the sheriff's department. And uh, yeah. I, I, it's going to be interesting to find to see if they actually get that SUV out of the garage without destroying the garage, which would serve them right, by the way. They know that what they that what they're, she knows that what she's saying is complete bullshit, and she got caught. She got she got caught, and she was going to get called up on the carpet for it, and. She went that route. Are Democrats that fearful of being caught with their pants down around their ankles, so to speak? Hey, Gun. Well, yeah, I guess they are. Kind of, kind of looks that way, don't it? They don't want to face the truth. They don't want to face the questions because. They would have to lie about it, just like it, all they are. The rest of them lies about it. You know, you uh, ask questions to Piglosi, and you know she's fucking lying like a damn lying through her teeth, just like the rest of them do. They uh, they base everything on lies. Nothing new for them. <laughs> no, nothing new at all for them. That is their their basic modus operandi. They they love to distort the facts. They love uh, telling complete falsehoods every step of the way. They they don't care about the truth. They don't care about facts. I mean, hell, look at Don Lemon and uh, Chris Cuomo and over at CNN, and of course people like uh, Rachel Maddow and Joy Reid over at MSNBC. They don't give a shit about the truth or facts, or anything else. It's whatever they can make up and not get caught doing it. I don't know. I just... It boggles the mind.
Now, of course, uh, nothing in this world surprises me when it comes to Democrats. It really doesn't anymore. But, folks, I'm going to uh, put an image up on the screen. It's a little blurry, but you'll find out why I'm putting this image on the screen in just a second. There it is. And while that image is on the screen, take a good look. Now that you've seen it, check out why why this why this happened. Woman driver taunts, flips off Trump supporters, <laughs> then she plows into the car in front of her. Check this out, everybody. For all you Trump supporters who could use a laugh, this one's for you. A woman who was temporarily stopped in heavy traffic decided to taunt Trump supporters at a street corner rally through her open window. As she flipped them the bird with both hands while she screamed at them, Unsatisfied with her powerful gestures, she decided to take it one step further. Leaning out the window from the waist up to flip them off with her arms and hands. She forgot she had taken her foot off the brake. As a result, what started out as a defiant gesture in the direction of Trump supporters wound up with her ramming the car in front of her, which hadn't yet moved forward. As the Trump supporters saluted her valiant effort with cheers, as she sat in the car, she made another gesture, seemingly blaming the car in front of her for the accident. In a matter of seconds, police sirens could be heard, followed by two policemen showing up. And uh, that would be the image to the right that I'm showing on on the video screen. And, of course, you see the woman on the left with her body sticking out the window, and (laughs) she's flipping the bird at the Trump supporters, Unfortunately, she made a dumbass move, taking her foot off the brake. Now, of course, there's more. A plethora of Trump supporters have been assaulted or taunted over the last four years. And here are a few notable examples. Last month, Trump supporter Aaron J. Danielson was fatally shot in Portland, allegedly hunted by an apparent left-wing Antifa member after the two were spotted wearing Patriot Prayer hats, according to an eyewitness. Excuse me? Ooh, sorry. We've got a couple of them right here. Pull it out, pull it out. The alleged witness recounted them saying during an interview posted to YouTube by the Common Sense Conservative. 
In February, a 34-year-old man was arrested in New Hampshire after he attacked a 15-year-old Trump supporter who was wearing a Make America Great Again hat. Fox News at the time reported that Wyndham Police Department arrested Patrick Patrick Bradley. Police said the incident happened Tuesday as Bradley exited the voting location inside the high school and was walking by a Trump campaign tent occupied by several supporters. This is according to Fox News. As he passed by the tent, police said Bradley slapped a 15-year-old juvenile across the face and then assaulted two other adults who attempted to intercede. In October 2019, in a video captured by Alpha News, Minnesota, a young woman walking hand-in-hand with a young man in a pro-Trump Make America Great Again hoodie was sucker-punched by a female anti-Trump protester. After the Donald Trump rally in Minneapolis, his supporters were attacked by left-wing extremists. An unprovoked assault on a woman was caught on camera by Alpha News Minnesota, reported journalist Andy No. Mayor Jacob Frey defends charging Trump campaign $530,000 for public safety. Only days before the hoodie incident, an anti-Trump protester spat on a Trump supporter on on Thursday afternoon outside of President Donald Trump's rally in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Dave Carlson, a salesman in Minnesota, was was sharing why he donates to President Trump's campaign when a protester openly spat in his face and kept walking by. Vice News' Elizabeth Landers reported. So, there's, there's, there's a, a wave of stupid going on. A serious wave of stupid And you know what? I'm going to. Um, there's a. I see there's a video on here of Kaylee McEnany scolding CNN's Jim Acosta over over a Trump coronavirus question. I think that was recent too. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up here. There it is. All right, here goes nothing. If you don't mind if I could follow up, last night the president said at one of his rallies about the virus, I think he was talking about younger Americans, he said it affects virtually nobody. Uh, By the way, open your schools, everybody open your schools. Uh, But he said to Bob Woodward, it's not just old, it's not just older people, it's young people too. At 200,000 deaths, 
Shouldn't the president be telling people the truth about this virus at his rallies? The president is telling people the truth, and you're right, Jen, that he was no, talking about... He's saying that it affects virtually nobody and that it doesn't affect young people. He's not telling the truth. Jim, but you're, again, taking the president out of context. I have his full quote here, and you're right that he was referring to young people. He said this... Well, uh, I'm not taking it out of context. If he, I said he was talking about younger people, then I'm not taking it out of context. You're, you are taking it out of context because you're making an assertion that he's not giving critical information when in fact he is, and I will underscore exactly what he said, and he says this, you know in some states, thousands of people, um, and they've had nobody young below the age of 18, like nobody, they have a strong immune system. That is factually true. You can go to the American Academy of Pediatrics website, uh, the Children's Hospital Association, and they it's list really out you know, a number of states that have had zero pediatric deaths. We've known this since the very beginning, and for the President of the United States of 200,000 deaths, to go out to his rallies and say something like it, 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 it virtually affects nobody and that in some states it's not affecting young people, that is glossing over the fact and, and really diminishing the fact that young people can catch this virus and spread it to older people. You, Younger people can also be sickened and killed by this virus. Jim, do you have the quote there with you? I have the, I have the quote here, yes. Yes, it is exactly as I just read it to you, that in several states uh, they have had zero pediatric deaths. I have the entire list here, Arkansas, Delaware, District of Columbia, Iowa, I, Hi, uh, Hawaii, Idaho, Kansas, and the list goes on. And as you may not know, Jim, uh, this the COVID has a 0.01% mortality rate uh, for people uh, under the age of 18. So it, does, it is not a disease that affects young people in the same way as older people, which is the exact they point can, the president was making last night. You know, Jim Acosta is such a fucking idiot. He takes the president's statements out of context. It's pointed out to him by the press secretary, uh, Kaylee McEnany, and he's still not listening. And and did did, did you hear a question in that whole tirade? He wasn't asking questions. He was commenting. Wow. If that's what a journalist is if that's what a journalist is supposed to do, I'm in the wrong business. Seriously, I'm in the wrong fucking business. Gunslinger, you heard the exchange. What, what do you say, man? Well, just just what you just said there. I mean, uh, yeah, you, I think you would be in the wrong business. Uh, they just blow everything out of context. Okay, they they want to well, they want to be get fifteen minutes of fame. Okay, and especially when it comes to that idiot, man, somebody needed to fire him a long time ago. But you know that's why they keep to ask stupid questions like this. Why would you? That's crazy. That's totally insane. Well, he's crazy too. So. Birds of a feather flock together, don't they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you work for the Confused News Network, when you work for the Constipated News Network, uh, the Corrupt News Network, they ceased being a news organization a long, long time ago. 
Okay? They did. There's no doubt in my mind. And yet, and yet, yet they, they continue to try and distract, disrupt, and deny the facts. President Trump's words were taken out of context. It was proven to him, but he, he, didn't, he wasn't accepting it. Why they allow him to still come into the White House is beyond me. Because he's not asking questions, he's, he's making social commentary. If you're there as a journalist, if you're there to ask questions, doesn't it make sense to actually ask questions and not sit there and social comment on everything the president said or what you think he said? I mean, shit, if I, if I, could, get, if I could get into, if I could, if I could get vetted, and if I were vetted and actually had the ability to go into the White House press briefing, I would be very quick to ask questions. And when Kaylee McEnany moved on to the next journalist, I'd sit down and shut my pie hole because at that point, I would be done. I'm not going to sit there and take some, another reporter's time away from them. Left-leaning, right-leaning, center, doesn't matter. I would show respect. And I would show people like Jim Acosta up for the frauds they are. And before I even opened my mouth, I would say to, to Kaylee McEnany, I would say, Miss, before I ask my first question, I just want to say one thing, and I want to make, I want to make it very clear. I will not interrupt you. I will listen to your responses. I will ask questions. I will not sit here and make social commentary on what I think the president said, unlike some folks in this room who have the nasty propensity for claiming to be journalists when actually all they are are a bunch of frauds. Having said that, and then going to my questions, I'll, I'll say to her, I have, three, I have one, two, or three questions, depending on how many I have, and I will ask them all in succession, and I will then sit down and wait patiently for your response. Showing that, you know people respect is is something we have to do. Uh, I have to... I had to turn my mic off and get off the camera as quick as I could, but I was already in the process of. Sneezing. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. I know, I know that's a terrible thing to to watch a journalist do on on a broadcast like this when they're sitting there going, "Hey, hey, hey!" I tried to get off camera as quick as I could and turn my mic off as quick as I could, but yeah, it happened. But I do apologize. It you know. It, it's unfortunate, but what was I going to do? Anyway, so I, I myself, Gunslinger, would wait patiently to be called on. I would 
state what I just said openly. And I would, I would even go so far as to tell them, look, here's, here's the deal. There are, some report, there are some journalists here who actually ask questions. So a few of them do ask legitimate questions, while others ask questions to attack the president with, and you can identify which ones they are. And there are those like me who are, for, for lack of a better way of putting it, are very down-to-earth. We'll ask our questions, sit down and wait patiently for your response, and that will be it. I will not interrupt. I will not try to tell you what the president said when, we, when I already know what the president said. You already know what the president said. Therefore, it, you know, and I know the president and what he says because I, I see it. I hear it, and I will not take him out of context. I will not quote him out of context. That being said, I have X, Y, Z number of questions. I will ask them in, in, in order, and then I will sit down and wait for your, for your answer. And, then, and so this way you can move on to the next journalist. I will not be like most journalists and actually interrupt the other one that you've just called on. That's rude and disrespectful. But that's just me. I'm the kind of person who shows proper respect when it comes to something like that. So, and uh, of course, Cherokee Rose watching by way of Periscope.tv is getting a good laugh out of it. <laughs> Apparently, my, my little sneezing fit. Can I say by dose by dose doesn't know any better. <laughs> anyway, Gunslinger, uh, maybe it's just my imagination. Maybe it's just me. But when people like Jim Acosta abuse the privilege, and it is a privilege to be in the White House press briefing. You don't have the right to be there. It is a privilege to be there. There's a difference. And if the White House decides to, because they're getting sick and tired of your abusive nature while sitting there, abusing the press secretary the way you do, if you do that to the press secretary and you constantly and you're not asking any questions, you're just saying, "Well, the president said this, the president said that, the president said the other thing," and it's taken out of context and it's proven to you it has, and you still run your mouth. If I were in the position to to pull the to pull their press pass, I'd turn around and tell them, "You know what? Here's the deal." You've abused your privilege, the privilege of, of being in the press briefing. You just lost that privilege for one month. You'll be back after a month. But do not abuse your privilege again. The next time, you won't be back. And we will insist that CNN send someone who will ask questions rather than misquoting the president. 
and and sitting there not asking questions, but making social commentary. Journalists are there to ask questions, to cl- to get clarification from the press secretary, not be an asshole. Or am I just spouting wishful thinking? Gun? Not necessarily wishful thinking. That's what they should do. I mean, you know, send somebody there that will, you know, ask questions, not just sit there and run their fucking mouth like an idiot. Well, he is an idiot. Look what he works for. (laughs) So, yeah, I'd be all for it. Yeah. Either ask questions, you know, and that's that's what you're here to do. You're here to ask questions, not to do all the other crap. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd kick his ass out. Yeah. I mean I wouldn't make it a permanent departure the first time. I would you know, because I believe it comes from the White House uh, communications director. I would explain to CNN your journal your reporter has been pull, his access to the briefing has been pulled for 30 days because he did not ask any questions he was taking the president's comments out of context and then imposing himself on the press secretary when the full quote was was being told to him but he refused to accept it that's not what we what, what journalists should be doing in the, in the briefing. They should be asking questions, listening to the for the answer, and then moving on. Clearly, this Mr. Acosta did not do this. So for the next thirty days, his access is denied. If you have another reporter that you can send, who, will, who is willing to ask questions and not sit there and social comment. By all means, but Mr. Acosta will not be permitted access for the next 30 days. And after the 30 days are up, he shows up, he does the same thing all over again. Not CNN's access, but his access. Goodbye. Okay, CNN, send somebody else because Acosta is no longer no, no longer permitted access. That, but that's just me. You know, that's what I would do. That's how I would respond. And that's common sense to do it that way. You know. Now, whether it's consistent with uh, White House. Uh, policy and so forth, I don't know. But common sense would tell me, okay, give them give give the give little little Jimmy Acosta a a thirty day timeout and slap him on the wrist gently and go, bad Acosta, bad, bad, bad. You get a thirty day timeout. Shame on you. But they're like children. Some of these liberal reporters. I think you. I think you even said that, Gun. But 
But I don't know, man. It just doesn't make sense anymore the way these, these assholes operate. But what are you going to do, you know? President Trump touts the U.S. Uh, response uh, as it relates to the coronavirus in a speech to the U.N. General Assembly. Now, even though, and before I go into this article, even though uh, the U.N. General Assembly uh, has to observe uh, coronavirus, uh, social distancing, and mask wearing, and everything else, uh, many of the uh, ambassadors or whatever they are, uh, they're sitting there, social distanced. The ones that are not there do it by video. So I just want to make make that point um, in regards to this. And I believe... President Trump's comments are available uh, you know I really wish my mouse would not do that <laughs> uh, it just uh, only gave me half of the link not the whole thing I hate when that happens so terrible uh, before I go into that item, I don't know how long it is. Uh, let me see something here. Uh, okay, it's a 23 minute. It's 20. It says 23 minutes. I'm trying to get to the beginning of his comments. I got it. Uh, approximately 16 minutes in. So I'm going to put this up. The painstaking way things are done, incredible. Give me just a moment. This is going to be fun. Okay, I've got it queued up to where the president speaks. Uh, I'm not sure how long he will be speaking for, but I am going to put this out there for you, for everyone to hear. And I'd like to get your thoughts and your comments on this gun as soon as it's finished. So listen close. This was the president. He recorded his um, speech, his, uh, his statements uh, for the UN General Assembly. 
He didn't do this live. It was recorded, which is a smart idea. This is why he's the president. Smart man. All right. Here goes nothing. Thank you. It is my profound honor to address the United Nations General Assembly. 75 years after the end of World War II and the founding of the United Nations, we are once again engaged in a great global struggle. We have waged a fierce battle against the invisible enemy, the China virus, which has claimed countless lives in 188 countries. In the United States, we launched the most aggressive mobilization since the Second World War. We rapidly produced a record supply of ventilators, creating a surplus that allowed us to share them with friends and partners all around the globe. We pioneered life-saving treatments, reducing our fatality rate 85% since April. Thanks to our efforts, three vaccines are in the final stage of clinical trials. We are mass producing them in advance so they can be delivered immediately upon arrival. We will distribute a vaccine. We will defeat the virus. We will end the pandemic. And we will enter a new era of unprecedented prosperity, cooperation, and peace. As we pursue this bright future, we must hold accountable the nation which unleashed this plague onto the world, China. In the earliest days of the virus, China locked down travel domestically while allowing flights to leave China and infect the world. China condemned my travel ban on their country, even as they canceled domestic flights and locked citizens in their homes. The Chinese government and the World Health Organization, which is virtually controlled by China, falsely declared that there was no evidence of human-to-human transmission. Later, they falsely said people without symptoms would not spread the disease. The United Nations must hold China accountable for their actions. In addition, every year, China dumps millions and millions of tons of plastic and trash into the oceans, overfishes other countries' waters, destroys vast swaths of coral reef, and emits more toxic mercury into the atmosphere than any country anywhere in the world. China's carbon emissions are nearly twice what the U.S. has, and it's rising fast. By contrast, after I withdrew from the one-sided Paris Climate Accord, last year America reduced its carbon emissions by more than any country in the agreement. Those who attack America's exceptional environmental record while ignoring China's rampant pollution are not interested in the environment. They only want to punish America and I will not stand for it. If the United Nations is to be an effective organization, it must focus on the real problems of the world. This includes terrorism, the oppression of women, forced labor, drug trafficking, human and sex trafficking, religious persecution, and the ethnic cleansing of religious minorities. America will always be a leader in human rights. My administration is advancing religious liberty opportunity for women, the decriminalization of homosexuality, combating human trafficking, and protecting unborn children. 
We also know that American prosperity is the bedrock of freedom and security all over the world. In three short years, we built the greatest economy in history, and we are quickly doing it again. Our military has increased substantially in size. We spent $2.5 trillion over the last four years on our military. We have the most powerful military anywhere in the world, and it's not even close. We stood up to decades of China's trade abuses. We revitalized the NATO alliance, where other countries are now paying a much more fair share. We forged historic partnerships with Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador to stop human smuggling. We are standing with the people of Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela in their righteous struggle for freedom. We withdrew from the terrible Iran nuclear deal and imposed crippling sanctions on the world's leading state sponsor of terror. We obliterated the ISIS caliphate 100%, killed its founder and leader, al-Baghdadi, and eliminated the world's top terrorist, Qasim Soleimani. This month, we achieved a peace deal between Serbia and Kosovo. We reached a landmark breakthrough with two peace deals in the Middle East after decades of no progress. Israel, the United Arab Emirates, and Bahrain all signed a historic peace agreement in the White House with many other Middle Eastern countries to come. They are coming fast, and they know it's great for them, and it's great for the world. These groundbreaking peace deals are the dawn of the new Middle East. By taking a different approach, we have achieved different outcomes, far superior outcomes. We took an approach, and the approach worked. We intend to deliver more peace agreements shortly, and I have never been more optimistic for the future of the region. There is no blood in the sand. Those days are hopefully over. As we speak, the United States is also working to end the war in Afghanistan, and we are bringing our troops home. America is fulfilling our destiny as peacemaker, but it is peace through strength. We are stronger now than ever before. Our weapons are at an advanced level like we've never had before, like, frankly, we've never even thought of having before. And I only pray to God that we never have to use them. For decades, the same tired voices proposed the same failed solutions, pursuing global ambitions at the expense of their own people. But only when you take care of your own citizens will you find a true basis for cooperation. As president, I have rejected the failed approaches of the past, and I am proudly putting America first, just as you should be putting your countries first. That's okay. That's what you should be doing. I am supremely confident that next year, Somehow, that was the end of the clip. And there was more being said, but I'm afraid we will not find out what, was, what else was said in that clip uh, based on that short. <clears throat> and that was uh, from the uh, State Department's Twitter account. So, as to why that happened, I don't know. All right, Gunslinger, you heard what the president had to say to the United Nations Security Council. What uh, what did you think? 
Well, he spoke the truth. Tell me something that he said that, that he was lying about because he's telling the truth about all everything that he said. Okay. You know, the world has to uh, hold China accountable because they released a global pandemic. Not just in China, but the whole fucking world. And that right there, if the numbers are correct, which I don't know, they claim 200,000 people in the United States. Okay? That's not 200. That's not 20,000. That's 200,000. Okay? Now, if Trump did not do anything when he did, that number would probably be 3 or 4 billion. Okay? He immediately did what any any president would do to try to stop the spread, shutting down the the airlines, shutting all this stuff down. Okay, uh, what else are you gonna do? Roll you roll the the whole United States up in cellophane or something? <laughs> no, you can't do that. So, I mean, and, and what 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 could what would a person like Biden do? Hide in his basement, probably. Okay. What more could any of these other idiots do than what President Trump has done? Okay. What are you going to do? Go to war with China over it? Well, some of these other countries might that might be a consideration. Okay, compared to the number of people that is killed in these other countries, including the United States. Okay. I've said this many times. Right now, China is the most hated fucking country on this planet. Okay? In history, probably. They fucked with it. They was fucking with that virus shit. They didn't do the proper protocols, obviously. Or they let it out. They let it out. Okay? It's, there's only two sides of the fence. So either, they either on that side of the fence, they didn't you know, go and go through with their their protocols about dealing with, you know, dangerous pathogens like that. And you got the other side of the fence where they purposely let it loose and blame it on, oh, see, the bats. See that market down there? It had to come from the bats. Okay. You'd be surprised what these fuckers, what goes on through their fucking deranged, warped minds. And... If it kills all them people over there in China, they don't give a fuck. Hell, they weld your fucking self in your fucking apartment over there. They'll shoot you in the back of the head. They don't care because, guess what? They're a communist dictatorship. And when you're under a communist dictatorship, the fucking people is there just for slaves. That's all they are. Depo- disposable slaves, that is. Go ahead. Look, I sat here... You know, listening to what the president said, um, and he didn't say anything that we haven't already heard from him. He didn't say anything dishonest. He was straight up, bold, blunt, honest. He knew, he knows, yeah. I can say that without getting tongue-tied. He knows where this where this where this uh, coronavirus came from. He knows 
that what he did in response was the right thing to do. The Democrats have tried incessantly, they've tried incessantly to say that his, he, was, he was slow to respond and all this other stuff, and I'm like, yeah, go whack off somewhere in the corner, you dumbasses. Jeez, are you kidding me? His response was, was swift and decisive and necessary. Shutting down travel to and from China, best decision at the time. And I firmly believe he made the right decision based on the circumstances that we've been dealing with. The one thing that I, that I think the president, uh, you know, he made it clear. It's up to other nations to do what they need to do. And it's not his place to tell them, but they need to, you know, other countries need to know, need to do the right thing. It, it, when it comes to China, and I firmly believe China is directly responsible. The CCP is directly responsible for what we're, ha- what we're dealing with. But I'm going to express just my opinion on, for just a second here in relation to the COVID-19, the distancing, the mask wearing and all that. If based on what we heard what I, on the clip I played earlier today, earlier in this broadcast, if I'm correct in my, in, in my, in my assumption, we should be able to go back to the original normal that this country was, was in before this whole sleigh ride began. We shouldn't have to keep going around wearing masks and everything because there's no guarantee that, a, that, a ma- there's no guarantees that ma- wearing a mask is going to protect you 100%. Okay? That's just my opinion. And the social distancing... It's isolation. It's isolation. That's what it comes down to. But these are standard responses. Let me explain this, folks. These are standard responses from the CDC. Okay? The Center for Disease Control and Prevention put out general guidelines. That's what they are, general guidelines the wearing masks, the social distancing, okay? They're just guidelines. But states have taken them to the extreme. Some states under liberal control have mandated, like here in New York, they're mandating the wearing of masks. So what it comes down to is when the president speaks, Believe me, I do listen. And I think all of us who are, you know, who are logic-minded, who understand that what, the, what this president has done in the last four years, give or take a day, 
is probably more than any president since Nixon. Now, let me say that again. He's done far more in a nearly four-year span than any president since Nixon. But that's just the way it looks to me. Whether people agree with me or not, I don't know. But I will say this. Sorry for the crinkling of the, of, of the tobacco bag, but, you know, I'm trying to do it quickly. Look, let's, let's, let's basically bottom line this. If, in fact, China is responsible, and even that virologist, Dr. Li Meng Yan, pointed it out, made it clear. I played what she said to Tucker Carlson on this broadcast. The Chinese military has control of the virus. That should speak volumes. So when President Trump says something, you better damn well believe I'm going to listen. Go ahead. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, like like I said, what more could the man do? Okay? You can only do so much. Okay? Uh, You can't weld people in their homes here in the United States. That don't that ain't gonna work. Uh, will it go? Will it go back to normal? Yeah, eventually. Maybe next summer when it finally, you know, everything gets back the way it was. As long as this vaccine works, okay. And then we'll, just like I said, we we'll kind of have to wait and see. Uh, but funny, the United States is the one that made the vaccine. What about all these other countries? They're not working on anything? Maybe it was a combined effort of other countries. Okay, because it's affecting them too. You know, just as it is it's affecting the United States. So, I would, you know, if I was the other countries, I'd be jumping on the horse and say, hey, uh, what can we do? Uh, you know, and I think they're working on it 20, they were working on it 24-7. So it's not like they just working on it a few hours a day and, you know, go home for lunch or whatever. There are people on there, you know, at those labs 24-7 working on this stuff. But like I said, it should have never have happened. That's the, that's the whole thing of this shit. Should have never have happened. But knowing them people over there, always wanting to fuck with this shit, there's some things that's probably just best left alone. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> go ahead. My mother, God rest her, used to say to me, George, there are some things best left alone. At the time, the reason she said that is because I was taking a long stick, piece of a tree. I was just a kid. I didn't know any better. And I was poking at a snake. The snake was dead, but still, I was poking at this snake. 
to see if it was actually alive or not. Come to find out, it was, in fact, dead. And when Mom said that to me, it was to remind me that, uh, hello, you're poking at a, at, at a dead snake, but what if that snake's alive? You could, it could bite you. Hmm. So the same thing applies in this context. Okay. Basically, what I believe is what mom also said growing up. Never turn your back on a snake because it could bite you. China is the snake that we and all other countries should not turn our backs on. They are the snake. They released this virus, and I firmly believe that they did, intentionally. And if what Dr. Li Mengyan said recently is the straight-up skinny, and I, I suspect it is, China should be held accountable in a world court. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, they should be held accountable. You know, yeah, because they're responsible for, you know, <laughs> there ain't no telling how many people has been killed by this thing worldwide, okay? Uh, and the cases going up and down, up and down, you know, whatever. But it seems to be reaching a point now. It is kind of, you know, more people recovering from it. So, you know, hopefully it, it continues with that trend. Yeah, there's going to be more cases of it. Yeah, the more you test, the more, the more you're going to find out, okay? The more people you test, the more cases it's going to go up, of course. Um, the wearing the mask, I don't think really does that, does that much. I mean, I guess it would be better than nothing, okay? I mean, if you want, if they if they say you got to go into a store, you got to put a mask on. Well, you're only going to be in there for just a few minutes, whatever. All right. Maybe that's a good idea. I don't know. All right. I would probably do it because I'm not a risk taker. Okay. I'm not going to, you know, take my chances because you know, well, yeah, there's not, you only have one percent of checking out, but with my luck, I'd get the one percent chance. You know what I mean? <laughs> go ahead. Hmm. I, I, I believe me. I do know what you mean. Uh, you know, when you when you look back in my youth. Yeah, I'm not sitting here saying that I'm an old geezer, by the way, Greg Nevitt. But I, back in my youth, I was a risk taker. I was. I I was willing to take chances. Um. I'll give you a prime example of what I mean by risk taking okay and you know how children when they're when they're young boys love to climb trees okay well i was a risk taker because i couldn't climb trees that well in the beginning but i had to take the risk i had to chance it 
Well, the day that my mother came out that kitchen door in the, to the backyard and, and, and screamed up at me, George, get your ass out of that tree now. And I went flying down to the ground and landed on my backside. I didn't break anything, but it sure hurt for a while. I, trust me, I, I, think I, I think I bruised my ego. <laughs> for lack of a better way of putting it. But I was a risk taker. I'm 57 years old. I'm not a young man anymore, but I'm not an old fart either. But let's face it, I'm not, there, I'm not the same risk taker I used to be. Today, I take, I take very few chances. Yes, I'll take a chance and I'll risk uh, doing something with the outcome being 50-50. If it pans out, great. If it doesn't, at least I took the risk. I'm going to cite an example. I didn't, in all the years I've been a journalist, I never covered a presidential rally. In 2016, on April 16th of that year, in Poughkeepsie, New York, at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center, President then-candidate Donald Trump appeared in Poughkeepsie. I went through the arduous task of going through where the press was standing, and I was surrounded by reporters. I was having a great time. I really was. I was. I was. I was. It was. It's like I hit nirvana. Okay. So I'm walking. I'm milling around with all these journalists and, and everything, and all these reporters uh, from different places, uh, different networks, uh, so forth, different newspapers, national publications, and I'm thinking to myself can't believe I'm going to be right there in the thick of it with other journalists. Well, they all went in ahead of me. I was outside smoking a cigarette. I figured, have a cigarette because you're not going to be able to have one until you get out of this thing. And I took the risk. I went in where the press was entering. When I got up there, I they saw my press pat, they saw my press credentials around my neck, and they said, uh, "Well, we've got good news and bad news. Good news is you're here, but unfortunately, the bad news is we're out of press passes." And there were several journalists who had reserved their press passes that came in behind me. I didn't know that I should have contact at the time. I did not know this, and I learned this lesson well for the next time. If you're going to be at a press rally, uh, at a rally for where the press is going to be gathering, contact the campaign in advance of that rally and arrange to have your press credential, your press pass there. Had I known that at the time, had I known that, I would have had those 
those that press pass right there waiting for me. But I also had, as I do today, I just recently printed up a batch of my own of my own custom made business cards. So the person I was talking to before I went, and luckily I had a uh, a ticket to get in with the rest of the crowd. I handed the person my business card and I said, "Please have the you know have the you know." have the campaign contact me or one of the president's uh, staff. And as I'm walking out, these, these, there's this one journalist from the New York Post that was standing right behind me. And I almost forgot about this until recently when I, uh, <laughs> I got an email from the guy. What had happened was we, you know, I handed him my business card. He ran out of business cards. I said, contact me. You know, there, there's an email address right there. Just contact me. Uh, keep in touch. And he said, sure, I can do that. Well, he must have just come across my uh, business card because I hadn't heard from him since. Here it is four years later, and I'm getting an email from the guy. He said, you know, you may not have known the process, but you were respectful, you were, you were polite, you kind of gave a couple of journalists a dirty look. I said, well, I wrote back, I said, well, geez, the reason I gave them a dirty look is because they work for, they, one worked for the New York Times and the other one worked for the New York Daily News. You do the math. An hour and a half later, I get another email. Point taken. What do you think of the post? I said, the New York Post, I like it. Kind of missed the wrestling news, but that's okay. If I get a response to that, I'll, <laughs> I'll let you know what he says. But, uh, you know, going to the rally, doing what we do as journalists, um, it, it, it invites a certain level of risk because now I'm getting in line with the rest of the, of the general public. Well, I can safely say without fear of contradiction, after going through the TSA, the Secret Service, and all these other folks going through the door, and by the way, I still want to thank the young man who gave me his spare ticket because mine was ruined, unfortunately. I didn't know that until I went and took it out of my pocket. Uh, the, there was a young man who, gave, who was in front of me, gave me his spare ticket because the person that was supposed to join him couldn't make it, so he gave me that spare ticket, and I'm still to this day very grateful for that. So uh, I do want to make a point to mention that again. But what happened was I get in there, and it's packed like sardines. You're literally squeezed in. That's how tight it was on that floor. There was no place to sit. So I was on the, uh, on the rally floor, pressed, be, pressed between a whole bunch of people. And this gal comes walking up. This woman walks behind me and deuced me. She pinched my ass. I swear to God, I could not. 
I could not believe it. I, I turned, I looked, and I said, oh, hello. And I, <laughs> I never saw that person again, but I'll tell you what, it was an experience I will long remember. So yes, there are life, there are lessons learned, there are experiences that you will just carry with you to the day you you end up six feet down. But in journalism, there is one thing I will say without fear of contradiction: we do a job. We do what is necessary to get to the bottom of the story, short of lying through our teeth. If we're honest journalists. I have never felt it necessary to lie on this broadcast, nor would I ever. But there are journalists out there, people like Acosta from CNN, who are willing to lie. Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo, Rachel Maddow, Joy Reid, Lawrence O'Donnell. All these people will lie to you. They'll distort the facts, distort the truth. They will twist it and turn it until it is black and blue. Like, the, like my ass was when I fell out of that tree as a kid. It'll be black and blue. Trust me when I say, honesty, above all else, is the best policy. And that man in the White House has done that time and again. He's been honest with us. He's been straightforward with us. Maybe it's just me, Gunslinger, but I firmly believe that this president will be reelected. I firmly believe that this president will continue to do the right thing, and he will continue to do what is necessary for the American people. Go ahead. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, you know, it's it's a hell of a lot better than people like, you know, Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe. Like you said, he, you know, Trump, uh, Trump has been in there for 47 months, and, and he's been in there for 47 years, and, and he's done nothing in 47 fucking years. But yet, look at what Trump's done. In the short time that he's been in there, okay, I don't know anybody, any president, <laughs> that has ever done that much in the first four years. I mean, if this, if this, if the China bug didn't strike everything, I mean, we'd be sitting pretty by the, by this time. And that's what Trump's going to do in the next four years. I mean, he did it. He pulled off the economy once. He can do it again. Okay, because he's a smart person. He's a very went to the best uh, business school in the probably the fucking world. Okay, he knows his shit. Okay, he knows his shit, and he knows how to negotiate all these trade deals and all this shit. And for once, I guess in history, America's finally making money. Let them pay us. You know this bullshit of us paying them. Uh, no, you want our help? Pay for it. Hell, everybody else got to pay for it. You got to pay for things. I got to pay for things. I got bills that come in every goddamn month, like clockwork. I got to pay for that shit. Nobody pays pays it for me. Okay, so there's your point. You know, go ahead. Exactly. 
I mean, there, there, there's. I think that that says it all right there. It truly does. Well, Gunslinger, unfortunately, we've run out of time here on the broadcast. So I want to thank you and uh, Cherokee Rose, who's watching by way of Periscope.tv, uh, for joining us tonight. And, uh, folks, before I blaze a trail, before I go, uh, just one quick reminder. Uh, if, if, if you can, please be sure to, uh, to help out this broadcast stay on the air. Send your non-tax-deductible donations to, to paypal.me slash firefoxnewsonline. That's paypal.me slash firefoxnewsonline. Every dime collected goes right back into the broadcast. I don't get paid for this. I enjoy myself too much. Besides, why would I want to get paid for it? I'm having fun. Until next time, America, I'm George Sinzer, and for the comments I've made, that's the way it is from my perspective. Y'all be good, and if you can't be good, be careful. If you can't be careful, please, for the love of God, do not name it after me. That's all I ask. Until then, salutes. And a Riva Turkey. Thank you for tuning in to Firefox News Online. Firefox News Online is a production of Firefox News Online Productions. Any rebroadcast, transcript, either in whole or in part, without the express written permission of Firefox News Online Productions and its owner, is expressly forbidden. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved. Send your comments to us by writing comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. That's comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. Also, if you have any stories or topic ideas you'd like to share with us, send them to wereport at firefoxnewsonline.com. That's we report at firefoxnewsonline.com. And be sure to check facebook.com slash FFNOIBN. That's facebook.com slash FFNOIBN. For the links to the live broadcasts of Firefox News Online on the Firefox News Online Internet Broadcasting Network. Be sure to use hashtag FFNOP. That's hashtag FFNOP to trend this broadcast and all Firefox News Online broadcasts globally on social media. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next edition. So let it be written. So let it be done.